Welcome back to the Cult House Podcast. I'm your host, the scholar of spite and the Saturday Night Delight, Roger Riddell. If you like what I'm doing, don't forget to like this video, hit the subscribe button, and ring that notification bell. Joining me today, he is the vocalist for Richmond by God, Virginia's Enforced, Knox Colby. How are you doing today, Knox? Doing good. How are you, Roger? Pretty good. Has anyone ever told you that you have like the perfect name for a professional wrestler? Knox Colby. I did. I wrestled in. I wrestled in uh, middle school, but I didn't pursue it. I wasn't very good. But <laughs> no, no, never for never for wrestling. No. You know, it sounds like a pro wrestler's name for real. That's sick. Well, that's that's high. <laughs> that's high praise. <laughs> I wish I had thought of it myself, but I wasn't born yet. So. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I've actually, uh, you know, my introduction to Enforced was last year on the Decibel Tour. Uh, so I caught the Baltimore show back when I was living down in D.C. Like, I'm in Chicago now. But, nice. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a great tour. And I think it was a great tour to, like, be introduced to you all on. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. That that show, I remember that show very well. I got, I almost got dragged out by security from that show. <laughs> hey, you uh, for, uh, you're stage diving, right? Yeah, for stage diving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I would do it again. <laughs> no problem. You know, that's a, that's a great venue, too, the uh, soundstage. Soundstage, yeah. I think that's the first time I've ever even been in there. Because, I mean, we have no right playing something that big. <laughs> so, uh, so I was just like, holy shit, this place is awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah that, was a good, that was a good show, good crowd. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, you mentioned that uh, you know, you feel like you don't have a right to play anything that big, but like when you're going from playing house shows to um, you know, maybe like a small sort of venue to a venue that's around that size, um yeah. has it been sort of like a learning curve, like adjusting to uh how to have like stage presence on a larger stage like that when you're on these tours? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Like yeah, because like we've always, I mean, our what we've historically, you know, played is like two hundred cap rooms, three hundred cap rooms, stuff like that. Just small clubs, small bars, and stuff like that. And then you play uh, the Berkeley Theater is like a fifteen hundred cap auditorium, like theater, uh, with like velvet walls and shit. And you're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> uh you definitely have to it's a it's definitely a learning curve in terms of like what you do on stage has you have to read the room and you have to read like the scope and the scale um because there's no reason to be so grandiose at a house show it's just ridiculous like the person's literally right here you don't have to talk to the whole room you're taught you can only talk you, you only have to talk to one person which in that regard i think that's pretty cool but um yeah, like when we played uh for the children, that was a huge room as well. So 
yeah, it, it's a learning curve, but luckily uh, the crowds usually are pretty forgiving. Uh, so if you look like an idiot up there, it's totally fine. <laughs> no one's looking at you like that. They're all hopefully headbanging and circle pinning and stage diving and shit. Yeah. I mean, it's uh that's the thing that I think about every now and then, uh, you know, just from like the best example I can think of off the top of my head is another Richmond band, Lamb of God, from like seeing them in their early days in smaller venues and then seeing mm -hmm. them like move up to doing Ozfest and doing like direct support for Ozzy and like how uh, I think Randy in particular had to adjust to having more stage presence. And like now you just see him like running around and like diving all over the place. Yeah. And he's got like springboards all over the place. He's he's. Yeah, it's a it's a show. It's a, it's a show at that point, like a proper uh, entertainment because he's playing on such a large scale to such a large amount of people that like he has to jump 13 feet in the air or else the people in the back don't see him ever. So, yeah, I hope I never have to do that because I'll just break my knees. <laughs> it's not. It's, uh, hopefully there's like a huge Megatron or something like that. But one day, hopefully we'll get there. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, no, it's um, there's always just like it, it's it sticks out to me like all the time that there's just like all this um, once you get to that level, there has to be like so much more show and it's yeah, uh, it has to be more of a production than just a band playing. Yeah, yeah, and it's like now you're when you get on these uh tours like the obituary tour and things like that, you you're kind of like getting this glimpse of like oh, this is like the level to which you have to like step everything up even more. Yeah. Well, I mean, like all the boys in municipal waste, like they're huge. Um, they're good. They're, they guided us pretty well. Cause I mean, Tony is great at, you know, crowd banter and stuff like that. Something I suck at terribly. So whether it's like riling up the crowd, talking shit to them or throwing a trash can at them, like, shit i never thought of <laughs> yeah I, I never thought to i never thought to harass them like that uh <laughs> they love it they love getting a trash can tossed at their head it's it's nuts so i was like well maybe i need to step my game up in some way but but at the same time it's just like that it doesn't feel natural so i'll probably just headbang more <laughs> and yeah. break my fucking back like sounds good to me yeah i mean the first time i ever saw the waste dudes was in um 2005 or 2006 in louisville uh they were doing a tour opening for guar and yeah. uh tony had this whole thing at the time where he was he had this platform that the front would hold up and then he would stand on top of it like toward the end of the set i think um that's dope yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like a whole other yeah. level of crowd surfing <laughs> yeah that he 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 is he he, uh, he has a knack for uh, playing into the crowd, something that I don't, that's not a, that's a teachable skill. That's not, maybe he taught himself. I don't, I don't know, but I mean, he is from, they're all from Florida or he's from Florida originally. So he probably has a lot of uh, crazy ideas going on, putting his head. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, he's a pro wrestling fan too, if I remember correctly. So uh, maybe I'm sure he's probably maybe got, he got tons of bits. There. Yeah. He's probably got tons <laughs> of bits brewing up in there. <laughs> One day uh, I'll probably pay pay him for one. It's like, buddy, I need I need help. 
Yeah, so you guys have a, a new album coming out on April 28th on uh, Century Media, War Remains. Uh, yes, tell sir. me a little bit about that. Uh, third, it's our third LP. Um, it's way more cutthroat and kind of to the point uh, in comparison to Kill Greater Out the Walls. It's, it's I, I would say, honestly, it's the album that I've always wanted to like be a part of. Like, that's the album to me, to me personally, as of, I mean, maybe the next one's going to blow it out of the water. I hope so. But as it stands, as of right now, like war remains is the fucking album that I've always wanted to write and be a part of. Yeah. I mean, I've had a chance to listen to it and um, like, I really dig that it, it goes from that sort of uh, just like pure old school thrash, like crossover vibe that you guys have, but it feels like it has some elements of uh, like early, like death metal when it was still like, there's like that point where death metal early on was still like very thrashy. Yeah. It has like elements of that in it. And I really dig mm -hmm. that a lot. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, I don't think that was on purpose or anything, but we uh we definitely pull influence from death metal bands and stuff and especially death like who am i to not try and pull influence from chuck Schuldner? like he's a fucking god um but yeah i think i think we're just trying to instead of kind of categorizing it every genre in each it's its own little pocket just pick up all up and put them in a pot and stir it up and and see what happens and I think I think the record is a, a good um, representation of that. Yeah, it's just no, it's I... just aggressive. It's just aggressive music, like metal and all of its subgenres. At, at its core, is aggressive. So why don't you just make the most aggressive music ever, and and that be it? <laughs> like not not try to like genreify everything. Just make mean ass music. Yeah. You know, I love the uh, the title of the album, too, because it's like it hits that perfect kind of threshold of if you presented that to three or four different people and asked them what it means, you would probably mm -hmm. get three or four different answers because war remains That's good. Yeah. War remains could be like, oh, at the end, there's only war. But then at the same time, like war remains could be the remains of war. Exactly. It's, <laughs> it has multiple meanings depending on the person who looks at it. And I like, I've tried to do that with lyrics as well. It's just like, it's open up, it's open to interpretation. Like, I necessarily don't have the meaning behind it because someone else may read it and think something completely different. And that's totally fine. That's the point. Um, is to kind of keep it, keep it vague enough to where people start to formulate their own ideas about it and let them kind of run with it because like you may you may see this in a completely different light than what I was seeing it uh when I wrote it and that's I think that's cool I mean that could lead to a fucking disaster but <laughs> something <laughs> somebody really misinterpreting it but at that point i'd be like that is not what that means at all <laughs> but yeah if it's if it's just like well this is the this is what i pulled from from this song or and you know four or five people have different interpretations of it 
that's awesome. That starts a conversation and that's has people talking about music again. And that's sick. Yeah. Were you ever like one of the people that uh, would go on like the, uh, the lyric sites and like look at all of them. And then like, eventually they got the ones where they had the comments and you would have people reading into whatever yeah. they thought the lyrics meant. And then sometimes I, people reading interpretations into the totally wrong lyrics. Oh, it's yeah. <laughs> what there's some website that like specializes in that. I can't remember what it is, but I would notice like when I was like reading lyrics for whatever songs, like some would be highlighted and I would click it and it would just be some user's interpretation of what's going on. I'm like, that's really out there and like <laughs> i don't know how you came to that conclusion but i'm just happy you're reading you're just happy i'm just happy that you're reading like that's crazy <laughs> yeah out of control but you know i mean hopefully that'll happen to me at some point so you know go with god like read them and <laughs> read them and, and 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 let me know what you what you pulled from it and then we can compare notes yeah, no, my, my favorite uh, instances of that, too, are when it's like it's not even the right lyrics that are on the page to begin with. So people oh, are interpreting the, the wrong lyrics, too. <laughs> yeah, you went to the wrong you went to the wrong song page. Yeah. Folly. Yeah, just <laughs> crestfallen. You went to the wrong one. You, you, you bared your soul to the wrong soul. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Yeah. No, so, uh, how did Enforced come about? Like, I, uh, I know you guys have been around since, uh, I guess maybe like 2016, 2017, something like that. Yeah. I always say 2017. Cause like they had everything recorded for the demo in like December of 2016. So how can you say it really started? They didn't have, uh, they didn't have a vocalist yet. I, I got roped into it, uh, like close to new year's day, 2017. And then like recorded the demo that in January or like did my vocals on the, in January. So, and then the tape came out, I think January. So let's just call a spade a spade. It happened in 2017. Um, our original drummer, Isaac and I worked at a grocery store together and <clears throat> um, they were all in this band uh, outsider and they kind of fell away. I can't remember exactly what happened, but they kind of all fell out. And then we're like, well, we still want to write music together, but it has to change a little bit. And let's get, let's get, let's ask Knox if he wants to do vocals. And I had, I really didn't know anybody in the band um, except for Isaac. Cause he was ipso facto my boss. And he was like, yeah, man, you've been in, you know, vice group and all these other, uh, uh, local hardcore bands like i like your voice like do you want to try i was like yeah sure and uh wrote down some really bad lyrics really fast and recorded it and now i'm here or we're here yeah so yeah it's been it's been a whirlwind ever since like i really can't keep track of everything because it's all it's been happening relatively fast you know, I love that, um, you know, it seems like every 10 to 15 years we get like a really good thrash revival too. Uh, so it's uh, it's like you guys are like perfectly timed for, for that coming back around. Yeah, I like to think so. I mean, 
I mean, it's not my place to say, but, you know, with, you know, the rise and fall of power trip kind of definitely kicked shit into gear for a lot of people, especially at least, at least for fans or, or listeners. Uh, I mean, they were, they were an aspiration to us. Like I wouldn't necessarily say say that they were an influence, but they were definitely uh, uh, like, what's the word? Uh, An inspiration uh, to us to see how, how big you can get um, coming just from like playing like house shows and 200 cap clubs and, and, every show being completely nuts in like 2013 to where they like eventually like got to was just like, if, if, if they can do it, anyone can do it. Like, let's, let's fucking try and actually do this. Like, let's make this a, a thing. Um, Cause we get, we, we've seen the blueprint, like it's possible. And like, now you see that with like turnstile and shit. There's like bands are getting huge at like coming from this wellspring of like hardcore punk and metal. And uh, I'm not saying like we're gonna do it, but it would be cool. <laughs> yeah. It would be nice, but you know, turnstile is turnstile and enforces enforces. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it sometimes just comes down to like, being able to maintain a certain amount of energy and then just having like that insane kind of work ethic behind putting ourselves out there. Yeah. And and like, I think we have it like we work hard as shit and we still do everything like in the house. Um, It's very much DIY. We don't have a manager. We don't have a booking agent. I do mail order out of my garage. Um, it's like i'm looking at i'm looking at my garage right now and i'm just looking <laughs> seeing i'm just like spidey since seeing past the doors and just looking at a mountain of boxes and going oh fuck but <laughs> gonna do it like got to no one's no one's in charge of us but us so it, it's just work it, it has to be done and it has we want if we want it to be done a certain way then we're gonna have to do it ourselves yeah and uh so richmond has a really storied metal scene uh what do you think has kind of like driven that over the years because it's not just that it's it's produced a lot of metal bands but it's produced a lot of the i guess like for lack of a better term off the top of my head right now like some of the the grittiest kind of metal bands uh going from even from like guar onward you know um well it's hard to believe now because the city has changed so much. It's very much whitewashed in my opinion now. Um, but in the nineties and early two thousands, Richmond was a rough ass spot. It was the murder capital of the States uh, for a few years, I believe. So it was not to be fucked with. Um, and so it has this, especially bands of that age, like has that kind of gritty street, like I have no problem fucking you up, like attitude kind of baked into it um, from from jump because that's just your environment. Um, 
by the time I got here in 2008, it was still pretty much like that. There's like certain blocks and areas that you just like, don't go there once like, don't go, don't go down that street. Like, or don't even step foot in that fucking neighborhood after, you know, sun goes down eight o'clock or whatever. And, uh, since then, it's just like now, 2023, it's just like, dude, you can walk wherever the fuck you want. <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially if you have the attitude of like anyone over the age of 32, like you're a, you're a king of the streets <laughs> because you, you, you've seen it at its absolute fucking worst. And now it's just like, oh, that's a, that's a bad part of the town. It's like, yo, are you kidding me? Like, you don't know bad. Like, half of this place wasn't, it was, like, dilapidated and, like, uh, totally vacant and just boarded up. And, like, people would just break the boards down and fucking, you know, sleep in there or start a house fire or whatever the fuck. Like, it's not like that now. So, it's just, I miss how sketchy it was, to be completely honest. Like, it, it kept you on your toes. But now it's just so, like... It's like the snuggle bear. It's just like, wow, this sucks. Like, there's no character yeah. into it anymore. But thank God Baltimore's still here. So, like, <laughs> thank God. Thank God for Baltimore. Uh, yeah, I'm still was, holding it down. There was a, a few years ago a TED Talk that uh, Mike Bishop from Guar did where it was about um, how the the history of that city also had, you know, influenced the, the art uh, that came out of it. And, uh, you know, particularly with Guar, you know, it's this band of like alien conquerors who have slaves mm -hmm. and they came out of the city that, you know, historically was the capital of the Confederacy. Capital of the Confederacy, yeah. Makes total sense. But also like, even with like local art and like, it's become a big mural town, like having big murals on the side of buildings and stuff like yeah. that. You can see the old ones and be like, damn, that's like incredible art, like, or like something super wild. And then some of the newer stuff is just kind of, they're not really socially conscious or anything like that. They're just, just a bunch of circles like, <laughs> and, and like a lollipop with a smile on it. And you're just like, the fuck is that? Like, what do you do? What is this? <laughs> There's one on this uh this wine bar I've never been in called Bacchus. Um that's after the I believe is the Greek god of wine, like a bacchanal. Um, yeah. and on the side of it is like this multi-headed minotaur with like seven arms and it's like melting down the building. It's fucking insane. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I don't need the circles and the lollipop. Like, I want that because that's brutal as hell, and that's 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 fine art to me. Um, but that that one's been there forever, and yeah. So it's just like you can see, you can tell the difference in like the local art over time. Um, to see how it's become like less. I don't even want to call it offensive, but like it's provocative, I guess. Like it's just kind of getting dull. It's like, and now it's like the city's covered with it, and everything is painted in agreeable gray. And it's like this, 
this place has no like it doesn't have any culture doesn't have any character yeah and stuff but i also sound like a like a really grumpy old man yelling at a cloud <laughs> so I'll, I'll i'll stop it there because i could go on for days about how much it fucking pisses me off <laughs> but i guess i guess 32 is very old yeah i mean i, I wonder to an extent too like when art just comes be kind uh, comes kind becomes kind of uh um absurd and like pointless like that yeah corporate and banal yeah like i I think some of that too um periods of like absurdity where there's like not really any direct meaning in art sometimes come as a response to having had to like process a lot of stuff over like years too Mm -hmm. um because like i think at some point once uh once you've had like enough stuff go on, people reach a point where they're just like, we don't want to think anymore. We just want, we just want yeah. something that is like pointless and just there. And cute. But yeah. uh, I will say um, there is a lot of, especially after all the George Floyd riots and protests, there is a lot of socially conscious and like point, pointed um, murals and stuff that try to, expose you know racial injustice and shit like that especially in the og capital of the the confederacy it kind of needs you kind of need to pound that nail home a lot um and so there's plenty of that which i'm fucking down to down to see but because that's i guess that's the new provocative um and i'm fine with it but the bougie bullshit has to go like please by all means like paint over it in agreeable gray and then we can start over and paint something fucking cool on it yeah like a four-headed goat demon because <laughs> why the, why the fuck not like i don't know it just if i was the mayor it, it would be a different city but but i'm not so i just have to deal with it yeah you're not yet not yet maybe <laughs> uh, maybe when, Maybe when the band finally fails, I'll, I'll <laughs> run for office. <laughs> Terrible idea. <laughs> you know, I know that they um they finally took the uh the Robert E. Lee statue down. A lot of the other Confederate statues they took. Um, they took all of them down. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Fine. Yeah. Did they put anything up in the in the place? I know there was like a campaign for a little bit. Uh, Gardens. That, you know, it was kind of a joke campaign, but it was to put Odorous up in the place of the. Uh, yeah, the I mean, that, that would be cool. Um, if it was the exact same statue as Robert E. Lee, but with Odorous on the horse, that would be cool. It would be it would be more of a pledge to the actual city itself rather than like state history or like it's you know sketchy past instead of promoting itself or like promoting its shitty past you could promote its you know potential future um that would be cool i don't think they're actually going to do it uh (laughs) the robert e lee circle is still it's a empty plot and it is surrounded by concrete and 10 foot metal fences still still uh what meanwhile all the other statues that got taken down have been renovated and turned into gardens which is awesome they're gorgeous 
you're just like, yeah, that's kind of what it should have been. And um, from the get-go, why they're very particular with the Robert E. Lee one, they just kind of built up this barricade around it and just kind of left it. So yeah. it, it might be like that for the rest of the time. I don't know. I don't know what the plan is. I mean, in a sense, it's kind of fitting. It's like a empty plot for an empty idea. Maybe they should keep it. Yeah. <laughs> you just changed my mind. <laughs> keep it. Keep it. No, honestly, I like that. Keep it the way it is. And just put like a little, you know, plaque uh, next to it and be like, this is why it's empty. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I um, so I actually almost moved to Richmond back in 2017 because uh, I was uh, talking to Richmond Magazine about a job there. Uh, oh yeah, they're going to be doing like I was talking to them about either being the food editor or the arts and entertainment editor, and I can't remember which one. Like I was closer on, but I ultimately ended up doing it because I knew long term I wanted to go back to Chicago. But yeah, uh, yeah. the uh, that city. I've always loved like every time that I've been there because it, I grew up near Louisville and Richmond always reminded me of a smaller Louisville. Yeah, it kind of does. We played a, we played a show going out to the, uh, at the gate store in Louisville and um, it did. Yeah. It felt close. It felt really close. You're right. Um, Didn't get to see much of it, but we, of course, trying to drive around, trying to find a fucking parking spot, like, you see kind of the architecture and stuff and it really isn't that far off. It's probably built around the same time. Yeah. Um, big mansions on a small street. Yeah. That sounds about right. Uh, and then, you know, cruddy little dives and stuff like that. Pretty awesome. Pretty cute. Yeah. I like Louisville. I would love to go back, but, um, sorry. I just spaced. <laughs> what, are we, what, are we, what are we talking about oh, we're talking about uh richmond and louisville kind of being the same yeah um i mean they're both like southern art cities basically at this point yeah but unfortunately vcu kind of like garroted the fucking art program and pushed all their funds towards business and architecture so now it's no longer the best public art school uh in the country it's like 10th it's oh. like cool how are we at in business and in, in engineering and architecture it's <laughs> like you're not even on the list bud it's like great awesome thank you and that's all because of uh what was it 2012 um the vcu basketball team going getting into like the top the final four of march madness like after that, funds started reeling in from from people, people, investors or whatever the fuck. And like that year, that was my senior year. And I could even see from March until I graduated in May or June, like stuff was getting demolished. Like old buildings were getting demolished and like new crap was being put up and that's it's still going on like so i live i live on the city limits like right on the edge literally of the edge of town but like enough in the burbs where like i don't have to see that shit because like that would just piss me off to no end every day and i'm not trying to, i'm not trying to have a bad day yeah 
you know, and um, so I've been uh, a little bit outside of Richmond before too, uh, to the uh, the barbecue for like the last three or four years that they did that. Did you ever mm. get a chance to go out to that? I never did. Oh. Ever. I, I I don't know why. I don't think. It's not like I didn't want to go, but I think it was just like, oh, fuck, that's today. Like, ah, God, like can't now uh, kind of thing. Yeah. I'm, when it comes to scheduling, I'm the worst. <laughs> and when it comes to something like being announced, like, you know, like a month or two in advance, it's just like, oh, I'll go to that. And then just never think about it again until it's too late and they're like sold out or whatever. And you're just like, fuck. Or I have already made plans or whatever. And he's like, well, maybe next year. And then it never comes. He's like, well, I lost. I I messed up. Messed up big time. It always looked fun, though. You know, I did a a handful of photo gigs, uh, like a few of those. And uh, I remember one year there was like this little gazebo uh, that was kind of like a third stage. And Iron Reagan were playing it that year. And all oh, these yeah. kids like climbed up into the rafters of this gazebo and it was rocking back and forth. And uh, I was like, Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> I was behind, uh, I think it was uh, Landfill's uh, amp mm-hmm. uh, shooting from back there. And uh, Tony's just like up in the front of the stage, like directly in people's faces. It's just like the best fucking vibe. Yeah. That's, <laughs> uh, that's class, as they would say in Britain. Yeah, uh, that's class. The I'm just waiting for that gazebo to fall, though. <laughs> yeah, we played we played something like that. Not necessarily a gazebo, but it was a tiny little like shack in an alleyway in um Salt Lake City, and people were like climbing on the rafters and like dropping on stage and stuff <laughs> while we were playing. And I was just like, "Can this actually? Can this thing sustain <laughs> like?" five bodies crawling on it like a fucking <laughs> like a orc from moria just climbing on the fucking banisters and shit i was just like man this is gonna be crazy <laughs> it was a good show it was a sick show yeah if you ever no seen <laughs> that just reminded me of the uh the slayer like war at the warfield documentary uh there's mm-hmm. like a part in it where they're talking about the show that they played where a guy tried to jump from the balcony onto the stage and he lands and like instantly breaks both of his legs. And he's like yelling and fighting with the paramedics because they're trying to take him away from the show and he wants to see the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dude, we saw uh, me and Isaac uh, and uh, two other guys. We went and saw the final Slayer tour that hit Virginia Beach. And once they were done, like done, done, like said their goodbyes and like, you know, they're doing the kisses and everything and like walking off stage. Some dude rushed the stage with a huge, huge painting of Carrie King that he did. <laughs> and this security guard like straight up just murked him hard as fuck down the stage. <laughs> like, off the stairs like just speared this dude and like ruined the paint and like i had never <laughs> seen so many i've never seen so many like drywallers and plumbers cry at once but i was like dude this this means everything to them <laughs> like and now it's gone and they can't like they can't cope 
it's it was so crazy like the people watching there was insane there were so many fucking fights it was awesome like it was the rowdiest show I've, i've been to of that scale like in a huge amphitheater everyone's just beating the shit out of each other yeah, in the no, stands and in fans the are like another stuff. breed yo next level <laughs> next level psychos i love that it's so sick yeah the first time i ever uh saw them was back in 2004 when they had first reunited with lombardo and they were doing the oz fest and mm. i just remember this dude ran up uh to me and my friends during their set and his eyes are just like huge like he's fucking wired on something and he's like Let's rush the stage. They can't stop us all, man. <laughs> yeah, they fucking can. And yeah, they fucking will. <laughs> like, yeah, they will have no problem doing it. And then show's over. Don't yeah. do that. Jesus. Yeah. You know, I've seen when the stage rushing goes wrong before, too, because uh, there was uh, the Gigantor that Megadeth did when Children of Bodom were opening for them. Uh, there was a Louisville stop. And everyone like went nuts when Bodum started um, and like tried to rush the stage and broke the barricade and they had to leave the stage until the barricade was fixed. And by the time the barricade was fixed, they ran out of time. Yeah. For yeah. You ruined the show. Cool. Thanks. Great. <laughs> I mean, honestly, they're probably pretty stoked. There's like, well, that was nuts. And we only played for 20 minutes. Yeah. I, yeah, the first the first two times I ever tried to see that band, uh, something happened that cut their set short because there was that was the damn, first time. That's fire. The second, <laughs> the second time that I saw them was uh, they were touring with Lamb of God, uh, as I lay dying, and uh, mm. Municipal Waste, and uh, God forbid, and they played through like the first two songs of their set and then had to leave because Alexi had like fallen out of his uh, tour bus bunk and broken his collarbone and couldn't play anymore. He was in too much pain. <laughs> At least he tried. Yeah, that's dope. that's fire. Like, I I like that that intensity. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I would hope, I hope that I would do the same. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll just next time I'll just crack my collarbone on purpose with a <laughs> screwdriver and a hammer and just crack that shit and just, and just you know try and play it off as much as possible. Yeah, apparently it's like one of the most painful bones to break. Yeah, because I mean it holds like your your Everything. whole shoulder up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I won't do that. I take it back. Yeah, no, I mean, at least as the uh, as the vocalist, though, you don't have to worry about having to play anything. So as long as you have one good arm. Yeah, but I'm playing to the crowd, and I can't, if I can't yeah. go like that. <laughs> I, I fractured my elbow on the At The Gates tour and had to wear a sling for, like, the last, like, four shows or something like that. That sucked. I wasn't, I wasn't happy about that. Yeah. But, uh. And it comes with the territory, you know, it happens. That was a stage dive mishap. <laughs> I I stage dove in Toronto and everyone moved and I my elbow was like landed on concrete. It's like you motherfuckers. Like I thought you guys were into this. <laughs> and everyone <laughs> I saw everyone's eyes like as I was falling and they're like, no. Bam. And just like continued being like and I was bleeding all over the place. I was like, you fucking assholes. <laughs> you could have just put your hands up. No problem. Now I've, now I've got a fucked up elbow. 
yeah. I have to tour for like another six days. Thank you. Awesome. Great. Appreciate it. You know, I was going to ask about that um, in regard to the uh, the whole Baltimore thing, because, uh, you know, I was going to ask if you've ever been worried that no one's going to catch you, but apparently sometimes people don't catch you. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They don't catch me. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, I'm trying to think of a time. It's rarely ever been an issue ever until like I would say the past five or six years, because it's like <clears throat> people get crowd surfing and stage diving confused. And so they think like, oh, he's jumping off because he wants to, you know, joyfully jump off and float through the crowd. It's like, no, I'm jumping like a spear, like a hot knife through butter. And I'm like creating chaos. Like I'm I'm crashing through you. It's 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 like circle pitting or fucking moshing or like it's about the energy and like the the violence honestly and so people are like well we would have caught you if you'd given us a heads up and it's like what heads up am i supposed to give you be like be on stage <laughs> go while while another band is playing go Like, why would I do that? Yeah. Like, that's so, no, you get up on stage and you jump the fuck off. That's it. There's no thinking about it. Like, just get up there, get off. Like, whatever happens, happens. It's a roll of the dice. So, if no one catches me, no one catches me. And people catch me, fine. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it's this weird phenomenon. And like, bad stage diving is far more harmful than good stage diving. Because people will just jump feet first and just crush someone's head. Yeah. I've seen that multiple times. You're just like, if you just jumped and hit like a horizontal plane, you just flatten like five people and you have five people carrying like 30 pounds of you. No harm, no foul. That's fine. But if you just don't know what you're doing and just jump off stage feet first, like it's a pool, like, no, you're gonna lay on someone's head and just break their neck. Um, really stupid. Yeah. It's an art. It's an art form that you shouldn't think about, <laughs> which is the hardest thing to kind of like describe. Like, it's a skill, but don't think about it. Don't don't try and learn it. But it is a it's a learned skill. It's weird. Yeah, every time that I've ever done it, uh, and you know, it's been a long time since the last time I tried to stage dive or anything, but I always jumped off and then kind of turned so that my back was landing to right. the people who were going to hopefully catch mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Jump and spin. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, trying to jump, like let's say the vocalist is here trying to jump and spin. So you, your back hits the crowd, but you're also kind of where all the action is. So that kind of cushions the blow because everyone's trying to get right there anyway. So you know for a fact that people are there. Yeah. And then you could probably clamor on top of all of them and get the mic. <laughs> uh, shit like that. Like, it's just like you have to, like, read the room. And if, uh, like, I staged over in St. Paul during our set. Um, I think it was the last song. I just jumped and did a somersault. Landed on this fucking very sour man and he <laughs> i got an email about it the next day 
It's like, hey, man, hope you're feeling good because my back hurts. Next time, give <laughs> us a warning. And it's like, there's no warning. I just, you just do. Like, man, like, stop it. Stop, stop. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not, do we need to start like signing waivers over here? Like, what are we doing? Like, just fucking, you're at a fucking metal show and you're up front. What the fuck did you expect? Like, yeah. Jesus Christ, like shit happens. Shit happens at intent at, at aggressive music shows. You didn't think there was gonna be any aggression p- taken out. Yeah, if I don't want to deal with any of that front stuff, row. I stand closer to the back. Right. And like being at the front, you're like all the action is behind you. So you're not even seeing all the crazy shit behind you. God knows when you're gonna get like a fist in the back of the fucking head that might knock you out. Yeah. Why are you even up front? Are you worried about me? Someone you could see. Like honestly just move and let me hit the floor and break my fucking <laughs> ankle like just move like if you got sometimes those fists are a little out of shape about sometimes like i've occasionally but, gotten a fist in like the right part of the back where it pops like a vertebrae that i haven't been able to reach but that oh, i've been trying to pop for days saying. yeah oh i'm thinking it more like lesson learned like, <laughs> i'm good <laughs> i remember I was being a dickhead. This had to be 2007, 2008. Trapped under ice, played uh, Richmond, and it had the. It was at this place that didn't have a barricade, but it had like a. I don't know, just like a little railing in the front of the stage. So I was grabbing that thing and pushing myself up and fucking donkey kicking behind me, not giving a shit what was going on behind me. This huge motherfucker who I'm now friends with came up behind me. He just like dodged my legs and he just smoked me in the back of the head (laughs) as hard as he could, as hard as he could. I was was seeing fucking Lucky Charms. And I turned around and he just said, stop. And I was like, noted. I'll stop. Like... (laughs) Do you that, remember mid to late urban discipline, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember mid to late two thousands when there was like all the the kids with like the lopsided haircuts who were doing karate moves in the pit? Yeah, that was pretty much me in high school. Yeah, I went to uh, a bar show in Louisville uh, in in '08, I think it was, um, and it was a weird show in general because the venue was like this weird tiki bar and the stage mm-hmm. was kind of like offset or whatever. But there were like three kids. There were these three scrawny kids, and they had bandanas over their faces, and they were throwing karate kicks. And um, one of them came within like this much of hitting this like tall, like biker, like Undertaker looking dude who was like easily six, seven, six, eight. That guy just like grabbed him by the like neck and tossed him. Yeah, just no. <laughs> oh, to be that man. Oh, I would love to be six seven like Undertaker build and just like you control the world around you at that at that stature. You just like no, just picking people up and moving them. (laughs) No, exactly. Just pick me up and just you stay there. That's so sick. That's awesome. He could have like just straight up cold cocked that kid and probably fractured his skull, but he had enough wherewithal. He's just like, <laughs> I'm not going back. I'm not going back. We are. I've already been through it. I've already done my time. So just move. <laughs> you could just do that. <laughs> That's pretty sick. Yeah. No, there's um, 
There was a show that I went to in Louisville once where there was a woman who was actually uh, yelling at the guy that she was with. No, you can't fight that guy. You just got out of jail. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so sick. That's the kind of crowd I want. I yeah. want like guys who have done time and like, but I want them to feel comfortable <laughs> and uh, being violent. And but like, get your aggression out here so you don't do it out there. Yeah, I think the oddly enough, the craziest thing that I've ever seen like that at a show, like the most like weird random act of violence was uh, during a Rob Zombie set at Ozfest one year uh, when he was on the second stage. Uh, this guy okay. comes stumbling out of the pit. He's a bald dude, and he comes stumbling out of the pit, and there's just blood running down his face, and he's just going, he bit me. The motherfucker bit me. <laughs> Damn. On his head? Someone bit his head? Yeah, I guess so. That's not even, like, that's not, like, that's, like, not even, like, meat you can latch onto. <laughs> like, that's, like, bald head meat. That's hard. Yeah. <laughs> tough to grab. I like I don't understand the logistics of it at all, but that guy got bit. <laughs> yeah, on the head. Um there was a show, I can't remember exactly where it was, but it was like I had got in like the early early aughts. And like here they bring out a pretty fucking psycho ass crowd. And so when they started playing, people were just straight up breaking bottles and just stabbing each other. It was <laughs> fucking unreal. Like <laughs> that show got shut down immediately. Like there was like, it's, I think it lasted like maybe 20 minutes and there was like six wounded. <laughs> like, <laughs> like going, everyone's going to the hospital for stitches. Yeah. That shit was bonkers, dude. Fucking crazy. I, I think they hadn't been here in like 10 years or something like that. So like every fucking psychopath came out of the woodwork. To stab someone at the I Hate God show. <laughs> it was. I mean, I'm kind of here for it. I know that's sad. That's like bad to say. But like. I, that's fucking tough, dude. Like, that's hard. <laughs> that's a hard. That's hard. Like you bring out straight up felons, dude. That's sick. <laughs> you know, I, um, I haven't. uh haven't been around any shows where anyone's gotten stabbed uh, as far as I know, but uh, I've definitely heard of it. Like I know that there was, um, there was like a a couple of years there where I feel like that happened a a corrosion of conformity show somewhere. And then it happened at like a crowbar show or something like there was crowbar. Crowbar I I can get crowbar. I understand, but, but corrosion that's weird. All right. But, yeah. If you say so, I, b- I believe you. But I could definitely see that going down at like a fucking crowbar show, like a, a straight up like if it's just full of OGs, like yeah, something bad's gonna happen. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I would love to be there, but I'm also <laughs> trying not to get stabbed, so probably not. Like maybe I yeah, deserve. I'm, uh, it. Maybe I'm I trying to. I'm trying to not get stitches myself, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, if if I see like the dude stumbling out of the pit and he's, you know, screaming, someone bit him. I'm just like, okay, you got a story now, I guess I got a story now. (laughs) Great story. That's great. Yeah. Speaking of violence, reign supreme. 
War Remains out. Yeah. April 20th. <laughs> <laughs> we got sidetracked for like 40 minutes there, man. Ah, that's fine, man. <laughs> All good. It's fun. I, I love talking to people. So like if if we can build more common ground and have more shit to talk about, then that's fine by me. We're just having a conversation. Yeah. You know, I, I think too, like what I always think about with interviewing people is that the bands that I've always liked the most were the bands where I felt like I kind of like got to know who they were as people whenever I like read about oh, them, for watched sure. interviews with them. Like it, that's, I think that's ultimately that builds more of a connection. Though. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's reciprocated though. Like if you're, if like some of the best interviews I've ever had, is just, we're just fucking John, like not talking about or trying to promote a goddamn thing, just hanging out, just talking, catching up yeah. and just talking about bullshit. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my thing's so slow. The sun is like directly in my eyes. So <laughs> I'm trying to like see you and be present. Sorry. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, more laid back interviews are usually better for, for both parties. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, back to War Remains though. Uh, when oh, it that comes old thing. To... <laughs> When it comes to, you know, each album that you all put out, has there been any kind of like conscious thought to stepping things up as far as like the aggressiveness or um, anything sort of like that? Or, you know, do you feel like there's kind of like a um, kind of like an idea for you all of what an enforced album like sounds like? Or do you feel like having that kind of runs the risk of getting too much into a template, too? No, I think, I think with this album and with the writing of it, we kind of found our groove of of writing because it's always been kind of all over the place, super eclectic when it comes to like writing or like having set writing, like a writing schedule. So um, usually we run the set it's like a 45 minute set on Wednesday and then Thursday will Zach and uh, Alex meet up to work on material. And that's just kind of how it's been for a while. Um, and that's the template or like the basis or foundation that we've done with uh, the war remains. And that's basically how it was written uh, in terms of like, scheduling um and i think it paid dividends to just you know treat it as work because you'll give it if we're all hard working and pretty straightforward people why wouldn't we treat this the same way if that makes any sense yeah so if you treat it with the respect that it deserves then you're going to see the dividends of that um and I think it, I think it paid off in spades. Like I don't know what you think, but I fucking love this record. I really do. Um, and I can't wait for the next one now. Like I can't. Uh, I, I, uh, I, ugh, it like I'm just so pumped on uh on what we're what we're building and what we're making that um that I'm actually I'm, I mean I've always been excited about the band, but now I'm like extra fucking pumped. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, um, like I said earlier, I, you know, I listened to it and it gave me the vibes uh, in a lot of places of, you know, what I get when I listen to some of my favorite like Slayer albums. Mm -hmm. So it yeah, had like that kind of timeless thrashiness to it. Mm -hmm. I think it just comes with practice and it comes with being more comfortable. And I think that comes with touring a lot and just kind of, I think we've grown as musicians. I'm not calling myself a musician. I, I don't, I can't do that in good. <laughs> I can't do that in good faith. Um, but for, I'll speak for everyone else. Um, being more comfortable working with, with each other and uh, being kind of more comfortable in your own skin when it comes to writing and writing with one another, you kind of understand everyone's kind of quirks and you know tendencies and uh stuff like that so you can either work with or work around them kind of thing and so if everyone's on the same page of how each other writes or expects um how one another is going to react or write that just shows that we just know each other better as friends and as people so i mean the next album could be a fucking zero out of 10 doesn't matter to me because I know that everyone's tighter, like as friends and musicians and as people. So, I mean, I think it's, it's overall super positive experience. I mean, I think at the end of the day too, like um, ultimately the, to some extent, like everyone does kind of, uh, you know, want their their uh, album to be like well received, but at the same time, like the bands you that can't I've please always, that you can't yeah. please everyone all the time. Yeah, and the bands that I've always liked the most were always felt like they were mainly making the music for themselves because they were going down a path that they wanted to go down, and they were also mm -hmm. they're doing that first, and then you know, as much as you're making it for the fans, you're doing it to for your own sort of like yeah. But like, you're not making the music for the fans. You're yeah. just making the music in hopes that the fans appreciate what you made. You know? Yeah. So you don't necessarily. It's in the back of your mind, but it's not like the main reason for you doing it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, because I mean that's um. That's honestly kind of like one of my favorite things about a band like Metallica, for example, is that they they could have kept making the same album over and over again to please like everyone that's a fan of the first four albums, which those four albums are, you know, fucking great and legendary. But they like hit that point in the 90s where they wanted to do whatever else it was that they were interested in and like. Yeah, essentially became uh, Metallica cosplaying as Motorhead, for lack of a better word. Are you saying about them now? I think so a little bit now. And I think a little bit on because I think load is like very much just like a hard rock. Oh, dude. Like, yeah, I love I could load. see motor. Yeah, yeah. I could see Motorhead making that. Yeah, they're Pain anger though. I mean, it's Metallica getting too much in their head about what the fans want and trying yeah, to that's, the that's fans bad. of that era. It's Metallica that's trying bad. to be corn. Yeah, it's bad. Um <laughs> it's just it's just objectively bad. And like you, you just can't defend that album. Sorry. Yeah. Uh 
and it it it, it created a whole subgenre of people dialing in their snares to sound like they're kicking a kickball and that wasn't good <laughs> um yeah. metallica oh <laughs> um but you know at the same time like they wrote the album that no one wanted to write and they did it and they put it out and you know that takes balls honestly yeah. Um, so I guess even as much as I don't like it, good for you. Like that's, that's insane. <laughs> like <laughs> you, you put out the album that no other band would ever put out. That's, yeah. that's a feat. That's a feat. I'm trying to be positive here. <laughs> you know, that, that the best way that I've ever been able to explain that album beyond it being Metallica trying to do new metal is that it like every now and then I'll go back and try to listen to it and I'll get midway through and just be like, there's, there's something in some of these songs, but they don't work the way that they're written. And it sounds like they basically like recorded the demos and then put the demos out as the actual album. Yeah. That's how it feels. And just like you, with all the money in the world and the, all the time in the world, that's what you came up with. Yeah. And all the banana stickers in the world. <laughs> Next question. No, <laughs> I told you we're not going to talk about the banana stickers. <laughs> the one, although I, I do think the thing that I appreciate the most about that album, too, is that um, the some kind of monster documentary is gave ever yeah is the best the best the the eternal music documentary to get over getting kicked out of that band like 40 plus years ago is incredible to me like even to this day he still obsesses over metallica (laughs) it's so nuts but like i get it but like i was talking to my um a friend of mine that was my roommate he just moved out like a couple a couple weeks ago and I saw him at a show the other day and we were talking about, like, he was, he was like, I think he was like channel surfing, like Netflix surfing with his girlfriend at their new spot. And she scrolled past some kind of monster. He was like, no, we have to watch it. And she's like, <laughs> I don't like, she's like, I don't even like Metallica. And he's like, it, it doesn't matter. Like if you know anyone in a band you have to watch this. You have to watch this documentary because it's literally every situation that every single person has ever been in if you've been in the band. But like, you know how to like approach it and go about it. They do everything wrong. Everything wrong. Yeah. Well, it's not even, it's not even that it doesn't matter. It's that nothing else matters. Oh, fuck you. I set I set myself up so hard for that one. Touche, touche. All right, all right. Uh, but yeah, they watched it, and she was like glued to the screen, being like, "This is psychotic." <laughs> and my my roommate, old roommate Joey, he was just laughing. He's like, "I told you, it's the best. Like, it doesn't make 
everyone is out of their fucking mind and they're like the behind the scenes therapy sessions like why the fuck do i need to see that like as a viewer as a fan like what oh and lars's oh, dad my... like showing up is just like this Lars's wild, dad, like the, wizard the, yes yes the fucking the the wizard of taste like <laughs> showed up and just like it sucks <laughs> <laughs> fucking charlie brown walks out of there <laughs> unreal fucking unreal that and uh all the scenes of lars uh talking about um you know selling pieces of his art collection or getting like new art (laughs) just like yo your head is so out of the game like (laughs) you were writing an album and you're worried about your art collection like get the fuck like that's that's do you not see the problem this is the problem (laughs) your head's not in the game at all um Luckily, my art collection is good to go. Uh, I think all of our art collections are good to go. Yeah, uh, we're we're doing a, a the album's doing pretty well. Um, and yeah, so nothing to worry about. Yeah, what uh, uh what our, kind of touring our, plans do you have coming up? Oh, uh, as I say, our our documentary we call like some some kind of plushy toy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. No, none of us have our collections. Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm such an idiot. I'm sorry. Uh, touring fans. Uh, let's see. We're going on tour with uh, Venom Inc. and uh, Exhumed and Acid Witch uh, from June to July. Got some extra dates off. This not with them, but after that, it hasn't been announced yet. Then we have a full, another full U.S. tour uh, that hasn't been announced yet, but should be soon. Um, and we're playing some festivals. Uh, I believe we're playing Dark Lord Day in May with Cannibal Corpse and Pelican. That'll be fun as fuck. And. They were playing full terror assault, which will be a lot of fucking fun. I was gonna say that's close. That's your neck of the woods, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm actually drinking uh, three Floyds right now. My man, it's set in stone. Are you going? Uh, if I can get down there, probably. I don't have a car right now, but uh, if you can get down, I there. hey, I know, I know a bunch of people that are probably going. So more than likely, I can finagle away down there i was gonna say chicago isn't organizing like a party bus like <laughs> i was gonna say fucking i know reggie's reggie's has all those buses in the back like you could probably get a like a ward bus going yeah you know yeah, I, I know enough people that are going that i can probably hit a ride with someone okay cool all yeah. right well if you come if you come fucking hit me up and we'll hang out it'll be a good time yeah, I wanted to hit up Dark Lord Day for a while because uh, I've never gotten to try Dark Lord. Um, like when I was Me in, either. apparently they they have you know the limited run of the bottles, but you can get it there at the brewery itself a lot easier, like just on the the tap or whatever. Oh well, I'm not from what I've tap. heard, I don't know how true that is because I've never been yeah. to Floyd's, but yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not near the tap, but I know um we're we're making a beer uh with uh the Vale Brewery in Richmond. Um 
that'll come out uh, the same day that the album comes out. And that's going to be a Black Kolsch. I don't know if you're a Kolsch guy or not. But um, it's really earthy and, like, dark. It's dark uh, in a good way. Yeah. Um, it's really, I usually it's only really do dark. Yeah. We tasted it. Like, we helped brew it physically. And um, before we got to taste it, right before it went to the fermentator, um, and it tasted fucking really awesome. Like even if like if there were no alcohol in it, honestly, you could bottle that shit and you I would drink it every morning. Like it would be a good substitute for coffee. It doesn't taste like coffee, but it kind of has the same. I don't know notes or vibe of coffee that yeah. Makes any sense. yeah if it was like if it was served as a hot beverage i would fucking destroy it so i'm curious to see how it tastes um once it's done our our basis works at the brewery so he tastes it every week fuck him um and he's just like we're almost there yeah. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> You've got me sold on it now because I love a good like uh coffee porter. Well, I was about it's not not porter ish. Yeah, yeah, it's a colch, yeah. But but you're but you're getting close on the fence in terms of like taste and uh and like notes or I, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> I know very little about beer. I'm just gonna keep saying words until until you start nodding. Um yeah. <laughs> anyway, um no, you don't have to know anything about like any kind of alcohol that is you don't have to know anything about it you just have to you know swirl the it. glass around a little bit and act like you're smelling it every now and then yeah. and say some big it's got words a good, and people think it's got you know a good a lace it's got a good lace <laughs> um but no i think that'll i think you can order it the day the album is released you can order it through the um through the brewery's website so you don't necessarily have to. It's not like you have to come to Richmond to fucking buy it. Yeah. Like you can, but it, it is it is pretty low in terms of quantity. I think it's like I think it's like a thousand cans, which that ain't that much. But uh, after I'm done with it, it's gonna be like ten. So hurry up, <laughs> for real. It's really fucking tasty. Yeah. You ever been to uh, Adroit Theory up in Purcellville? I know the name, but I know I've never been to Purcellville. Oh, that uh, that brewery is really fucking good too. It was probably my favorite uh, brewery up in that like Northern Virginia area when I was up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we went to when we were on the Save to the Grave tour. Uh, Phobophilic was having a beer made through Cosmic Eye that's out in um, Lincoln, Nebraska for the Decibel Near uh, Metal and Beer Festival. So we were like, what's up? Like, let us in. Uh, and we got to tour the whole Cosmic Eye brewery and chit-chatted with the main, with the head brewmaster there and stuff like that. So hopefully there's a collaboration at some point with with uh with them because they make fucking awesome beer and I think they make a black Kolsch as well, which is also really good. They're fun. 
beer's great, man. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's a, what a science. <laughs> it's very cool. Um, and yeah, meeting, meeting more people in like the beer world and stuff like that. Like that's really awesome. Um, and Ethan is so into that stuff. He like sours and gozes and shit like that. I can't stand it, but like, I'll try anything once. Yeah. So, some are better than others, but I, nothing beats the king. <laughs> so. yeah, that's a that's a good approach to have with everything, though. Is you know try try anything once. So with uh with beer or with music. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll listen to pretty heroin, much anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oops. Yeah. yeah. Don't try everything once. Well, yeah, no, I, I meant once. I meant more with uh more along the lines of with uh with beer or with music uh was what mm. I was trying to get at, but um you know slipped up there a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm just fucking with you, man. Yeah. <laughs> just try it if it doesn't work it doesn't work but just try it yeah although uh you know there's there's a lot of uh music that i've only heard once that i wish i could never hear again so we'll see that's the that's the problem yeah. of, it's like we'll try it don't put it out but just try it try yeah. and do, and see if it works in the studio if it doesn't work don't don't do it i think there's a lot of ego involved in all that uh doesn't have to doesn't have to come out doesn't have to be there but if someone's like so fucking adamant about something trash like has to be on the album you're just like okay like your downfall but <laughs> yeah i probably just offended like forty thousand fans and i apologize I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're going through in your personal life, and I don't want to know. And I apologize sincerely. <sighs> okay. Yeah. But you know, you just if there's anything that we've learned from some kind of monster, all you have to do is send them enough banana stickers. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, trust in Bob Rock because that always works out. Yeah, fifth Metallica member. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Should have been Bob. <laughs> that's fucked up all right i take that back <laughs> that's fucked up i take it back <laughs> sick so what else do we need to know about war remains what else do you need to know uh it was built for destruction uh maximum chaos it's built for stage dives in a lab um i hope i hope it's received well so far we've gotten a couple of reviews back already and it's like 9.5 out of 10 and you're just like someone fucking gets it um we're gonna be touring and promoting the fuck out of it for probably the next hopefully the next two years uh well year and a half let's just say yeah i'd like to you know i'd love to you know tour the world with it i think we i think we could and that venom uh, tour sounds killer yeah i'm really pumped yeah. on that um i always try to keep like everything like I, granted i don't make all the fucking decisions but i always try and think of like uh tour like uh 
tour packages as kind of like a cohesive unit and I was just like not necessarily the bands but the people and granted I don't know the people from Absolute Witch and I don't know the people from Venom but I do know the people from Exhumed just like okay so like there's a couple homies on the tour awesome like that's gonna be fun if everybody else is mean I still got my friends there that'll be fun yeah and uh, I did a I did an interview with this guy from Ireland, Oren. And it was right before the Venom tour got announced. And I told him about it. And uh, he was like, oh, I actually interviewed them. You'll fucking love them. They bust balls so hard. And I was like, okay, cool. Send me the link. And he sent it to me. I watched it. I was like, I'm going to get along with these motherfuckers so fast. <laughs> like, it will be, it will be instant, like, friendship. Cause they just ragging on each other so hard. And I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> these guys are fun. These guys are friends. Like that's awesome. So I hope, uh, I hope I become friends with them. We'll see. Yeah. And the, 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 obviously the same makes sense that acid witch and stuff. Like, I don't know anybody in there, but Lord knows I may make my new best friend there. Who knows? I have no idea. But that's kind of how I could think of it. Just keep it positive and keep it um, unique. If that makes yeah. sense. What do you think are the odds that you'll ever get a tour package that is Anthrax, Enforcer, and Enforced, the We Are the Law Tour? Never. Never. Never, <laughs> never. Never, ever. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> never, ever. There, we... I did a when uh, when we were doing press for Kill Grid, I um, spoke to this lady in France, and she kept ca- talking to me or kept asking these questions that none of them I could answer because I was like, I don't know what songs you're even referring to, and she's <laughs> like, they're on your next album. And I was like, do you think you're talking to an Enforcer? She's like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's like, yes, it is right here. Like, You're talking to enforced with a D. <laughs> and she was like, you could hear her like shuffling through notes and stuff. And I was, she just went, ah! <laughs> and hung up and hung up and called me back in like 30 minutes. She was like, I am so sorry. I listened to the record. I was like, the record's 45 minutes long. No, you didn't. <laughs> and she was like <laughs> and like hung up again <laughs> and listened to the rest of it and then like scribbled down notes and she was like so where do you get your ideas from I was like come on <laughs> like <laughs> this is like the textbook boilerplate question <laughs> yes 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 and I was just like I was like dude I caught you red handed and she was like I am so embarrassed I'm so sorry like I'm speaking with Enforcer tomorrow, but I saw the both names and I just got confused. And I was like, it's okay. We can do this really bad interview. Um, But it's totally, if you don't want to do it and if you're not prepared, we can do it later. She was like, we should probably do it later. I said, okay. Never heard back from her. Just, (laughs) just, Just so embarrassed. I feel bad for her, but like, at the same time it's like what the fuck man yeah 
Dude, with the accent that you were doing, I expected like one of the phone hangups to be preceded with like Sacre Bleu. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't cool. <laughs> Whatever. So like, I don't know. We like fake beef with enforcer just because we get confused all the time like i don't actually hate the fucking dudes like they make pretty good music so just like ah fuck if we ever got if we ever did a tour together it'd just be like <laughs> confusing the world 2024 tour <laughs> <laughs> at some point you're doing like, you're doing a festival where one of you is playing one stage and the other is playing the other stage at the same at time. the same time and both crowds are constantly <laughs> going back and forth because they're just so fucking confused <laughs> Yeah, no one saw either set because they were both at the wrong place at the wrong time. It's like extreme metal Spinal Tap shit. Yeah, that sound. It sounds like some Spinal Tap shit. Like, <laughs> which is why I'm not mad of it, mad about it because it's funny as fuck. <laughs> it's just like sure, like let's just keep this circus going. I think yeah. it's funny. How often does that confusion happen with interviewers? Because that, like, that can't be the only time. That's that's the the worst extent it's ever gotten yeah but there has been times where like mid-interview they'll be like we're talking with Knox from enforced 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 and then they'll just slip in an enforcer just by <laughs> habit by habit i guess and um i'll be like no you're talking to enforced so they're like that's what i said and he's like no it's not I'm like what did i say i said you said enforcer oh okay sorry i'm just like Okay, that's that. I mean, that's that's like usually what it is, but no, that one lady was just like way, she was way wrong. Uh, but no harm, no foul. It's funny, it's an obvious mistake. Yeah, well, um, I've had you for uh, a little bit over an hour now. I don't want to take up uh, too much of your evening, but uh, oh, you're fine, man. Yeah, I uh. You know, I think when uh, when we were talking a minute ago about what else do people need to know about War Remains, uh, I think the the best way to sum it up, too, along with what you said, is like basically uh, if anyone's been listening to this entire episode and, you know, just dug the vibe of everything that we're talking about, put that in like sonic form. And that's what that album sounds like, especially yeah. when we're talking about like all of the crazy like mosh pit shit. Like it's, yeah. it sounds like the wildest mosh pit that you can imagine. It's about beating ass. That's it. <laughs> like it, it, it's just, it's coming for your fucking throat. Like the entire time, the second the needle drops to the, to the time you got to pick it up. Like it's relentless. And like, I don't want to say brutality because that's not the vibe. Um, but it's just utterly just relentless it just doesn't let up at any moment um i think it's a really unique and really cool record yeah well uh thanks again for taking the time today Knox, and uh everyone else check out uh enforcer's new album enforced oh fuck <laughs> you i knew it was coming i knew it was coming and i still fell for it <laughs> Check out Enforced's new album, War Remains, on April 28th, uh, out on Century Media. Thanks again, Knox. <laughs> You're welcome, man. Have a good one.